0: Good morning Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to those of you watching from your homes as well. We are in this series which we've been in for a few weeks here in the book of Genesis, looking at the lives particularly of, of Abram and Sarai, or Abraham and Sarah, as they now are here in Genesis chapter 18, in a message titled, by, as that um, video said, The Way Forward, which is really about, The Way Forward is talking about the life of faith. Right The way forward, the life of faith. We began this series in Genesis chapter 12, where God first appears to Abraham to give this promise, really, a couple promises. And the couple promises that He gives to Abraham them, one's about a piece of property. We call it eventually the nation of Israel, or the land of promise, the promised land. This big piece of property, but also at the center of this promise, is the promise of an offspring, or a child, particularly a son, from this couple. Past childbearing years, Abraham and Sarah. So it's a very big deal, this promise that is given to this couple at this time in their life, which sets everything in motion, Genesis 12, right? What is faith? In a manner of speaking, faith is leaving behind what sort of maybe God calls you to leave behind, what maybe you're comfortable, life as you know it, some of your securities, and going in a different direction and learning how to trust One day at a time, God's promises over your own, you know, capacity. So that's what the life of faith is. Well, God does, it's a great start, Genesis chapter 12. But here in Genesis 18, if you have a copy of the Bible, God appears to this couple again. Now, 24 years later and puts a date stamp on the promise, okay? It's interesting, sometimes when we live with promises, even if they're, you know, promises in the scriptures for our lives today, you know, peace, power, wisdom, whatever the case may be, you know, we, we can live with this, you know, when, when we don't have a real promise for the actual delivery of the promise, we can sort of live in this, you know, cavalier kind of way of, well, it's out there somewhere. I don't have to live with the reality of whether or not that promise is real in my life because I know it's coming Someday, but here in Genesis eighteen, the Lord comes back to this couple. Lo, these many years later, and says, "Listen, this time next year, Sarah will have a son." Okay, so in in this in, in this particular appearance, Sarah really is the one in the conversation with the Lord, and she raises three, I would say, important questions in her dialogue in in response to this promise that I would say are. Questions that all people of faith need to answer if you're serious about wanting to live uh, by faith to, to go forward in your life today. So, Genesis 18, you have a copy of the Bible on your lap, your phone, wherever the case may be. We're going to read some selected verses, Genesis 18, verses one, through, uh, 1 and 2, 9 through 15, and a message titled, The Questions of faith the questions of faith follow along as I read the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby when he saw them he hurried from the entrance to his tent to meet them and he bowed down to the ground verse 9 where is your wife Sarah they asked him there in the tent he said then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. The questions of faith, the first one that Sarah raises in this passage. Just, is this not crazy? Okay, <laughs> this is the first question of faith. Is this not crazy? Now it says in verse 18, Sarah and Abraham were very old, okay? When you first meet them, Genesis chapter 12, when the promise comes to them for uh, to have a child, to have an offspring, they're already old. Sarah is 65, Abraham is 75. Now, in the date when the promise has a date on it, when the Lord comes back this time, Sarah is 89 years old. Okay? In any culture, in this culture too, that was pretty old to have a child. In fact, she's not only laughing to herself, is this not crazy, because she's past childbearing years, verse 11, verse 12, she also is past apparently having um, any kind of sexual relationships with her husband. I would imagine, this is what she says, after I am worn out and old, and my Lord is old, will I have this pleasure? In fact, you know, we don't even we haven't slept in the same room for years. Okay? She's 90 almost, he's almost a hundred. Okay. They had gotten when, when she's listening in the tent. Because remember, they want, they really want to talk to her. Where is your wife, Sarah? Well, she's right there, kind of where the drum set is, you know I mean? She's right there at the entrance to the tent. They say, okay, Sarah's listening. And I want you to know, Abraham, we're gonna be, a year from now, we're gonna have a son. Sarah hears that promise and essentially says to herself, you know, I don't think this is an angry laugh, this sort of laugh. She's not angry. She's not bitter. I think it's, it's one of these kind of ridiculous laughs. She says, this is Nonsense, right? And that's what verse 12 comes from. Are you kidding? You're after, I mean, when I was 65, even then it was a stretch back in Genesis 12. Even then it was a stretch, but you are the Lord God and you can do anything. You created the world. That's what my husband and I believe. So at 65, we went ahead and left we, we We left our life behind as we knew it. We went to this place called the promised land and you did bless our lives. At 65, at 66, I believed, heck, who knows, maybe this will happen. But now... At 89 years old, after 24 Christmases, 24 birthdays, 24 of seeing all other people have kids around me. Are you kidding? This is nonsense. Is this not crazy? The point is this. The promise of God, think about your life and maybe what God is doing, had outdistanced their ability to believe it. Okay? Okay? Maybe this is on purpose. The promise of God, everyone's different. There's nothing magic about 24 years. But the promise of God had outdistanced their ability to believe it. But if you think about this, the Bible is actually full of this is not crazy moments if you think about it, right? This is just one of them. Is this not crazy? A couple One of my favorites is, as I thought about this, is, is young David. You know the story of David, who is the, um, the great king of Israel, the second king, but the one that gets all the press, the son of David, etc. Jesus is the son of David. And David, at this time in 1 Kings 17, he's a young kid. He's the youngest. We found out this a little earlier in that story. He's the youngest of eight sons. But when Israel goes off to war, which they often do, David's seven brothers go off to this battle with the Philistines. I think it's down in Gath. And David's not old enough yet, but his father, this is how they did it, would send supplies and food. So David's kind of like the door dash, you know, for his brothers. And he gets sent by his father and says, to his father says, listen, take all these supplies to your brothers down to the war. So David does this. And when he gets down there, it's a famous chapter. David comes down. It's the first time David, who's a teenager, he sees this battle and he finds it very strange. He sees the, the nation of Israel, there's this valley, the, the, the Philistines, and they're just sitting there taunting each other. And in the middle, is, there's this champion named Goliath who's, who's humiliating and taunting. And he sees it going on. And to David, it says, this is kind of crazy. Why are we letting this guy blaspheme the name of God? And, and so David's asking this just to the, to, you know around, around the campfire here. And finally, the word gets to Saul. And Saul, the king, is so desperate for answers, he's so humiliated. He says, listen, send that kid into my tent. So David comes into his tent, and David says, hey, what gives? This is nothing. Our God is big enough to do this. I've slayed the lion. I've slain the bear. I can do this for you. And Now, most people would laugh that off because David was a teenager, but Saul's so desperate. He says, listen, okay, if you want to do it, heck, I'm in. Put my armor on. So David does this because the king told him to. Now, think about this. Here's the moment. Is this not crazy? It's one of many moments. So David, who's a teenager, Saul, it said this of Saul, if you know your Old Testament. First king of Israel. God gave the people what they thought they wanted, right? Which was a movie star. In other words, he was a head taller, this is how it's described, of anyone in Israel. When Saul walked into a room, he was the first person you saw. I mean, he was literally a, a, a tall man. He was a handsome, strapping man. He was, you know, he was a movie star kind of a figure, a big athlete. He was a head taller than anyone in Israel. And here's David, who's a teenager. But Saul says, this is how we do it. So David, literally, 1 Kings 7, Samuel 17, he puts Saul's armor on, and he walks around the tent. And he finally says to himself, is this not crazy? I can't wear this stuff, and he takes it off. I mean, imagine for a minute, Josh Allen, the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, okay? Josh Allen is um, 6'5", I think 238 pounds. Now imagine me, okay? Just for a minute, I strap and put that whole uniform on, all right? I mean, you don't know, you're in the stands, but just as as a joke or something, I put all, and I walk out of that field with his uniform on okay is this not crazy think about mary if you think genesis 18 is crazy think about this for a minute we we, we we it's so familiar to us we forget how crazy it is you're a 16 like david 17 year old girl maybe at most the angel comes to her mary you are highly favored God thinks you're special. He has a special assignment for you. You too, like Sarah, you are going to have a son and this son is going to be special, even more special than Isaac was. This son is going to be the son of God. You know what Mary says? Um, Gabriel, I'm a virgin. Not I'm, I'm older than 30. <laughs> I'm a virgin. And he says, don't worry about it. The over the, the Holy One will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will have a child, wait for it, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Is this not crazy, okay? Uh, it's even crazier than the moment we're looking at here. The promise of the gospel, here's the point, is not a conventional piece of wisdom. See, not all... Paul says this, not all Israel is Israel. Not all Christians really live like Christians. That is to say, you might be a Christian, maybe you're not, but you could be a Christian but not live like one. The way forward is talking about, what does it mean to live like one? The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a conventional piece of wisdom that you sort of fit into your life like you fit other things into. You sort of accommodate it like a new suit. No, it's not something easily accommodated into your life. Listen, to believe the gospel, here's the point, Of this long Abraham and um, Sarah story. To believe the gospel at the same time and many times over the course of your life, you have to disbelieve things that you know about yourself that are true. What do I mean by that? Well, Sarah, in one year you're gonna have a son. Are you crazy? I'm 89 years old. My husband and I haven't slept in the same room for 15 or 20 years, and you're telling me I'm going to have a son? To believe that, you gotta disbelieve some other things, okay? It's always been, oh, Mary, this time next year, you're gonna have a child. I'm a virgin. Don't worry about it, (laughs) right? The Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you. That's never happened before, no, but it's gonna happen this time. Let me ask you this question when you think about this passage. Do you ever laugh to yourself, don't raise your hand, about a promise from God? It could be something as simple as peace in the midst of the coronavirus. It could be financial. It could it could be spiritual power. It could be courage. Be strong and courageous, for I am with you. There could be any kind of promise. It doesn't have to be something big like having a child. It could be that, if the Lord led you to believe that. But the point is this. Have you ever... Honestly, laugh to yourself. You don't say it to your small group, you don't say it to your spouse, you just say it to yourself, right? You lay down in bed and you go, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." Oh my gosh, Maybe for her, maybe for him, maybe for them, but not for me." OK Let me say this: if you haven't laughed to yourself, if you haven't had, "Is this not crazy moment, I would say this. I wonder if, number one, you're actually a Christian. Or number two, if you are a Christian, maybe you are, maybe I am, are you actually living by faith? Because if you are actually in the game of living by faith, that is, you're, you're living your life not by what the world says. It's not sort of follow what the world does and add 2%. It's not, you're not taking your cue from the things of the world. You're not taking your cue from your own answers to your own heart. Can I do this? You're taking it from the promise of God. You're going to do things that don't seem to make any sense, that seem to be counterintuitive. You have to have, is this not crazy moment? And if you don't have any of those, or you can't even think of the last time you had it, maybe it's time to think about whether or not you are actually a believer or you're a serious follower of Jesus. Well, in response to Sarah's question, is this not crazy, the Lord has a question of his own center of this passage, and that is this, is there anything Too hard for the Lord. Then the Lord said to Abraham, see, God's listened to our hearts. Sarah said this to herself, but God heard it. There's a message there too. God hears what goes on in your heart. God hears when you tune out and tune into some other thing, your own thoughts, your own discouraging this, your own self-deprecation, or whatever the case may be. I'm not like so-and-so. God hears your thoughts. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh to herself? Okay. Will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return. And Sarah will have a son. Okay, I will return. The point is this. Sarah and Abraham's capacity were never connected to the original promise. Okay, Think about that. What, that's the whole reason he came to an old couple in the first place. Think about it. Sarah, same with David, same with Mary, Mary, the, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Sarah and Abraham's actual capacity to do this one assignment, which was have a kid, was never attached to the promise. If it was, if, that would, if they were connected, then I would have picked a young couple. Of course, a young fertile couple, right out of the, right out of the sh- shoot. You know, yes, this is the person I'm going to choose. But this is the point. It was never about their capacity. It was about what God promised to do through them. Is anything too hard for the Lord? But let me say this: before you're too hard on Abraham and Sarah, because you could think in her sort of you know jaded response here, you'd think these people are not very. Exemplar. They're not very, inter- they're not very uh, great models. I mean, they're, they're pretty much um, faithless. But let me say this before you get too hard on them. I mean, this, there's a message here for us. Keep in mind that this promise in Genesis 12 and the one that happened 24 years later in Genesis 2018 were 400 years before there was a Moses. 400 years before there was a Ten Commandments. 400 years before there was, let's call it, the Old Testament. If you think it's hard to trust God today, you and me, we have the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the church. Imagine what it was like to trust God when there was almost no history of God to trust. Okay? Think about that. Think of all that you and I have, not only what God did in my life last year and 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but the Word of God, Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Jacob, David, Jeremiah, you know, Peter, Paul, (laughs) none of that existed. When they had this. What was Sarah's answer, by the way, to verse... Is anything too hard for the Lord? Yes. Yeah, their answer was yes, it was too hard. Are you kidding me? My husband's as old as dirt, right? I'm long past not only having children, but having any kind of pleasure in, in relationships with my husband. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Absolutely yes, but apparently... In year twenty-five, Sarah changed her mind. Hebrews eleven. Listen to these words. Commentary on this passage. The writer of Hebrews, and by faith, even Sarah. Say it's supposed to be unbelievable. I love this. Even Sarah, the writer says, who was past childbearing age, was, enab- was, was enabled. That's by God to bear children because she. Considered herself past the age of childbirth because she figured her husband was way past. No, because she considered him, speaking of God, faithful who made the prompt. She finally got it. And so from this one man, is this not crazy? And he as good as dead Became descendants, became, excuse me, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and as countless as the sand down the seashore. Let right. me we'll just go back to Mary for a minute. Because you could read I'm talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You could read the Sarah and Abraham story. And it can kind of be discouraging in this sense. Okay, okay Rob, this is the template for faith. And it, what you're, you said last week, and before faith is not easy, it's hard. That's why some people are Christians, but they don't live by faith. This is difficult work. It's hard work. And is what you're saying to me then is I'm going to have to put in my time, and it might be 24 years before I fill in the blank experience this kind of peace, this kind of power, this kind of joy, this kind of freedom, this kind of liberation, this kind of peace, this, this, this re- reality in my life? Well, the answer to that is no. You know what happened to Mary? Now, Mary, like da- Ma- Ma- Mary's not 89, she's 16. The angel says, this is all gonna happen, and Mary's still, Mary's still in the middle of her, is this not crazy moment? And then the angel says this, do you remember your um, relative, Elizabeth? Of whom it is said, this was, this was kind of her nickname, and the angel even knows it, of who it is said, she who is unable to conceive. That was Elizabeth's nickname, according to Luke 1. She, do you remember your, your, your relative, Elizabeth, of whom it is said, she is unable to conceive? Mary's like, yes, she's in her sixth month. And then the angel quotes, more or less, Genesis 18. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? You know what Mary says? She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word about me be fulfilled. You see? It didn't take Mary 24 years. It doesn't need to take you 24 years either. Okay? That's the point. This question, is anything too hard for the Lord? Listen, it resurfaces in the birth narrative of Jesus that's what I'm, it's, it's the central question of faith. That's why I'm bringing it forward to you this morning. It surfaces everywhere in the Bible, and it's not just about babies and birth narratives. It's about the impossibility, or the seeming impossibility of discipleship, about the seeming impossibility of what we're talking about here this morning, which is the life of faith. Okay? Let me compliment you just real quickly. We're living in a is this not crazy moment the whole world is isn't it i mean i'd love to say this is all over well there's the victories of the coronavirus we're still in the middle of it right we're still in the middle of this mess the whole world in a manner of speaking is having a is this not crazy moment but let me tell you something about you you don't have to be following the world this is just one little data point in 2020 we just wrapped up the books today's still january Browncroft Community Church, which means you, we brought in more money, just as one indicator of, let's say, faithfulness and faith, conviction, in a a year where the economy's been turned upside down. We've brought in, you've brought in more money in 2020 than you did in in 2019, wait for it, by a lot, okay? (laughs) By a lot, like as in well over a half a million dollars more for missions and and, and ministries than you did in one of the worst years uh, uh, that we've ever had in the standpoint of our economy. Because you don't have to wait 24 years. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to take your cue from the things of the world if you don't want to. Mary, within a year, you're going to have a son and in your case, no sexual relations. You're going to stay a virgin. But it's going to happen anyway. Is this not crazy? But the Lord said it. I am the Lord's servant. May the word that you've said about me be fulfilled. Isn't that unbelievable? Now, not everything is promised. Some people say to me when when pastors do this kind of preaching, you know, name it and claim it, if you've never heard of that. That's not what I'm saying. Name it and claim it. I want that new car, I need that wife or husband or kid. Or That's not what I'm saying at all. In Mary's case and Sarah's case, they got a specific promise. Not everything is promised, only what corresponds to God's good purposes. But, here's the but, where God's word directs you, you have to be reading it, okay? not casually, you know, a little verse a day thing. You have to be in it. You have to be really in this game of faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now that it's there, you're either going to choose to say, ha, oh, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is crazy. This is nuts. No one lives this way. Give me the remote. Or I'm going to believe it, even though everything in my life contradicts it. Okay? It's where God's, where God's word directs you and where the Spirit leads you. Sometimes the Spirit leads you to do things that aren't even in the Bible. God may tell you you're going to have a kid, the Spirit of God may tell you you're going to get a new job. God leads you, the Spirit of God leads you if you learn how to listen to the Spirit of God. But where God's word directs you, where Spirit leads you, you need to let the initiative for your life come from His hands, not from your own capacities. Have you learned how to do that? That's what we're talking about here. Let's look at how this ends, okay? Just to, for the sake of this sermon Let's let's see what the promise is delivered. Genesis 21. There's one more question. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. I circled that in my Bible. It's about God's grace, friends. The Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said. And the Lord, watch this, did for Sarah what he promised. Keeps his word. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham, I love this, gave the name Isaac to the son who Sarah bore him. You know what the name Isaac means? What does it mean? Laughter. Okay? This is the only promised son, by the way, in other words, everything else out of Genesis is derivative from here on out. There's one promised son, okay? And the promised son of which becomes the basis of New Testament theology. When Paul's preaching about the gospel of the New Testament, he never mentions Moses. He goes back to Abraham, and he uses this analogy. Listen, it's all. And why did God make a promise to Abraham 400 years before there was a Ten Commandments? So that you wouldn't miss the point. And when God says, when Paul says, if you want to know what it means to the the way forward, if you want to know how to live by faith, you go back to Abraham. Hundreds of years before anyone even thought about the Ten Commandments. Because it's not about what you can do. It's not about your morality. It's not about your X's and your O's. That's not what it means to walk with God. Of course, God cares about these things, but that's not what it means. It's about hearing a promise that's like a, is this not crazy? It's saying, It doesn't make sense to me, but it's not too hard for the Lord in believing that promise and being able to go forward. That's what's happening here, right? Isaac. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son. Laughter. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham... Just in case you didn't, you forgot, friends, the writer says, was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, Now watch this turn about. The third question: God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this not will laugh at me, but laugh with me. And she added: here's the question: who would have said to Abraham? right, at the watering hole, that Sarah would nurse children. Yet I have borne him a son in my old age. Third question of faith, who would have believed that this would happen to me? Okay, have you had one of those moments too? Have you had the first kind of moment that says, this is, is this not crazy? I hope you've had some of those, but I hope you've had this kind too. Right? If you haven't had this kind, it's another reason to ask yourself whether or not you really are living by faith. Who would have believed right that this would happen to me? This is a sign that you're in you're walking with God. Sarah laughs here, not at the nature of the promise. that was chapter eighteen. That was the dumbest thing I ever heard. She's laughing at the wonder of the fulfillment of the promise. Man, this, so-and-so's a Christian? No. Yes, they are. I don't believe it. Come and see. So-and-so's marriage? That thing's back together? No way. I know that guy. Yes, it is. Who would have ever believed that this could happen to me. By his powerful word. That's what we get out of the Mary story. God has broken the grip of hopelessness. That drives so much of our lives. Laughter is a way of receiving newness. Watch this. That cannot be explained apart from God. Right? Laughter is... The way of receiving newness of which there is no other explanation than God, and Sarah says, unbelievable. She's laughing now. It's a laugh of joy and astonishment and amazement. says, who would have ever believed that this could have happened to me? This is the joy of the Lord. This is what Christ does in your life, and if it isn't happening in your life, maybe it's time to go back to square one. Let's look at this last promise together we're done. Just listen to these words and I want you to think about your life. Back to where Jason and Colin were at the beginning of this service, right? What are you holding on to? That is, what kind of, you know, um, self-defeating thought this will never happen to me that you need to let go of? And what kind of promise, as Jason said, have you sort of let you, you put it down. You stop praying for sister or brother so and so. You stop praying for this friend to come to Christ. You stop praying for any any newness in your in your marriage. You stop praying for maybe a child if that's your story. You've stopped praying for God to do something new in your life. I'm too old. I'm past the years of making a difference. You know, whatever the case may be, right? You've you've you stop praying. What do you need to pick back up and realize? Listen, you, it's time for you to have a is this not crazy moment. To decide it's not about you, it's about is anything too hard for the Lord? You've been asking the wrong question, okay? Listen to these words. This is what Paul's saying to his congregation. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Think about that. You haven't even thought of it. Did Mary ever think that she was going to be the mother of, of the Son of God? Are you kidding? What? Nobody in their right mind would ever even cook up something so outrageous as that. Right? To him who was able to do immeasurably more than not only what you'd ask, you never even thought about it. According to your capacity, no, his power that is at work within you to him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen. Who would have ever believed that this would have happened to me? Let's pray. God and Father, we thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for your word. Lord, we, um, I come to you and, and confess to you, Lord, there's been many a times where I have laughed to myself. In the privacy of my own um, heart, and said, "This is this will never happen. This can't be true for me. I won't know this kind of peace. I won't know this kind of um, joy. I won't know this kind of confidence. I won't have that kind of courage. I won't be able to deliver. I will never have this in my life, Lord. I know that's uh, been true of me, but I pray, Lord, that you would help me." to confess here my doubts my cynicism my criticism even self-criticism and that I might be open Lord to what it really means to live by faith to realize Lord that you don't you know, pick the qualified you qualify the called you, 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 it's never been about our capacities that's the whole point it's about having the The faith, even if it's small, to believe that the things that you say can be true in my life. Who would have believed, Lord? Who would have believed that this could happen to me? Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen.